there, there's a little bit to unpackage there. Um, <laughs> it starts with you saying that this is a terrible movie and ends with you calling it a piece of crap movie. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, nerds? Ian Anderson. Some shit. And today we have a very special guest host, Jay Vincent, joining us. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you joining up and uh, giving your your verdict on a movie we're going to talk about today. So welcome. Thanks again. We, we love having you. Thank you. I'm excited for this movie, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think we all are. A very um, very timely pick, Javier. I didn't yeah. know about this movie. Dude, guys, could I have picked a more appropriate movie? Bravo. No, I don't think I could have. <laughs> I don't know that you could have either. Very relevant to where we're at right now. I love it. All right. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend which helps us grow the podcast. Also, check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at What's Our Verdict. All right. This is our trial series. We discuss the facts of a movie, pass judgment, and let you, the listener, know our verdict. Today, we're reviewing V for Vendetta. It was released in 2005, directed by James McTeague and written by the Wachowskis. It's based on the graphic novel written by Alan. Alan Moore and David Lloyd. It starred Hugo Weaving, Natalie Portman, Stephen Ray, Stephen Fry, John Hurt, and Tim Piggott Smith. In V for Vendetta, the United Kingdom is ruled as a Nordic supremacist and neo-fascist police state by the Norse Fire Party, helmed by all-powerful High Chancellor Adam Sutler, political opponents, immigrants, Jews, Muslims, atheists, homosexuals, and other undesirables are imprisoned and executed in concentration camps. So let's jump right in. What'd you guys think of this movie? Dude, that was a lot of heavy words just then. I got to process that for a second. (laughs) That was super specific. I know. I was going, this is one my longest synopsis in ages, but I was like, it has, you have to have that. The one on IMDb sucked. I was like, it's like two sentences and it doesn't do this movie justice. You know, that synopsis actually cleared a lot up for me because I saw this movie. They did not explain who the enemies were at all. So I'm just like, this guy's getting arrested for a Quran. Oh, and he's also gay because he has a picture. <laughs> like, I was like, what's going on here? They don't. And that's, and that's, I mean, just to jump right in, Jay, you brought up one of my biggest issues of this movie is, and I realized that it's hard because it's based on a graphic novel that goes, it's a series of graphic novels that goes into all that stuff. But it's hard when all they do is talk about the undesirables. And I'm like, well, who is that besides we know homosexuals? Well, obviously Muslims because of the Quran, but they don't really explain. It could be redheads. Could be. They just didn't show us. We could have been part of that. It's very plausible. Definitely redheads. Although I did notice the extras were extremely ugly and there was a lot of redheads in there. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> So you're good, Matson. You're good. <laughs> what else? What else do you guys think about this movie? Honestly, I have a pretty weird... This has been the most interesting movie for me to think about. Like, I watched it, I think, two nights ago, and I just can't stop thinking about it because it really does... It's a terrible film, and I don't I don't want to, like, put down any filmmakers. I love the Wachowskis, and, uh, you know, The Matrix was amazing. I feel like they... I feel like if you give them money, they don't know what to do with it. Uh, like, A Jupiter Ascending, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, which what this whole movie is about. 
Um, but they also did Cloud Atlas. But man, this movie was terrible. But then I was thinking also in terms that there's really two plots to this. There's a love story via kidnapping. And then there's a revolution. And there's two movies that do that better. But this film has more more of a significance than those. And I would say Split is a better love story. And that's also M. Night Shyamalan's comic book movie. And I think it also focuses on mental instability, where the other story about the revolution, I was thinking about the Dark Knight trilogy because that really shows how people revolt like throughout that whole trilogy like i never realized until watching uh dark knight the second time with the joker that it was about gotham but it's crazy because this movie actually created you know it inspired arab spring and and uh, anonymous with the mask which has become you know something that we deal with still today and then also mm-hmm. that mask spawned mr robot because they use a version of that mask and mr robot if you've seen the series is a deep dive into mental instability and i feel like there's these two masterpiece works of art that came out of this piece of crap movie and it's just amazing like I, my mind's boggled by this thing it's an interesting thing i'm looking at javier because his head's about to explode I want. I know he's going to say something about M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I, I heard. I heard that you're not fans, but you know what? There, there's a little bit to unpackage there. Um, <laughs> it starts with you saying that this is a terrible movie, and ends with you calling it a piece of crap movie, and then it kind of evolves into you comparing it to an M Night movie with. Which, you know, arguably that's his one good movie. So, you know, at least he picked the right the good one. How is this movie bad? Are you kidding me? So I'm a huge action fan. And even though the action in this movie is awesome, that's not even my favorite part. Like there are so many good parts of this with talking about revolutions, talking about fear. When is it morally justified to kill and to revolt against a government? What is the role of a government towards the people? Is fear a good enough reason to surrender your rights to a government like there are just it begs so many amazing questions i can't believe you just sat there and said it was a terrible movie well the wachowskis are brilliant but uh i feel like the action i don't know for me a lot of things looked very like a lot of things look weird to me did you see the part we slit like seven people's throats did you close your eyes at that point Actually, I was going to say, like, it felt like there was only one knife scene. The first intro is him not stabbing people with knives. And then there's like a knife scene in the middle. And then there's a slow motion knife scene at the end that didn't look all that great. (laughs) So I'm going to jump into this conversation, but I'm going to split it up real quick first, because I have to ask Javier, you obviously love this movie, right? It's an amazing movie. It's one of my favorite movies. So if you love this movie, you have to backtrack a little bit on your recommend or your talk about the town because it's the same fucking kidnapping plot. <laughs> this man mm-hmm. kidnaps this woman, mm-hmm. tortures her ass, and then she falls in love mm-hmm. with him. It's mm-hmm. the town's premise, and you hated uh, the town. No. Come on. She doesn't she there's no proof that she falls in love with him. There's only proof that she respects him and his ideology. He falls in love with her, but there's no proof that it went the other way. Okay, fine. So you respect a man that kidnaps you, tortures you, and then puts you back on the street and then asks you to come back and dance one time? Yeah. Come the fuck on. I don't give a I'm shit okay. about your okay shaves your head. Don't do don't, don't forget that part. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I can buy that. I could I could buy that a lot better than the town, that's for sure. Yeah, I just had to get that out there because <laughs> 
speaking of the shaved head, though, um, do you think that the, it looked like her head was shaved from the beginning? It looked like she was wearing wigs in the first two portions of the movie. She was. She actually shaved her head for this movie, really. Natalie Portman did. And they did it early on. They filmed that those scenes of her being tortured and then being kept imprisoned at the very beginning of the production. And so she had to wear wigs from then on whenever they filmed. And so everything besides her shaved head was a wig. Yeah, she really committed. She got a lot of grief for it. Like people were like, why would you do that? And she's like, because I wanted to feel what that was like to go through that. So that scene of her getting her hair shaved was real. They they filmed them buzzing her hair in real time. And those tears were real. Like she'd been growing her hair, I guess, for a good long time. It was an interesting read to go back. I read some interviews that they did with her about it. So should we do that for our individual's beards? Do that in real time? Just see the emotion come out? No, I'm not shaving my beard. I look like a fat 12 year old. It's not happening. (laughs) I can tell you guys for sure. I just got rid of mine and I look like I'm 13. So yeah, there is an emotion there. But I did put in the notes. uh, I wondered if it was an acting choice if she did that to get to your point. Yeah. It was. She she definitely chose to to have that emotion and to have it be real because they can do the bald cap, but I don't care. There's no bald cap in the world that looks 100% real. And so she made that choice so that it would look real and look authentic in that situation. Javier, I, I, wanted, cool. I wanted to ask about the action, which there was not very much, pretty little on that scale. I thought when I first watched this like seven or eight years ago or whenever a while ago, it made me think of 300 because there's an excessive amount of blood and then an excessive yeah. amount of strength from V where that's the only thing that kind of threw me off because the rest of this movie is all realistic 100% but then they I guess they wanted to take artistic liberties like Matrix style 300 style yeah he's the reason he has it it's not just Oh, yeah, he's superhuman. At least they addressed that. They, yeah, it was still weird to me because I forgot about it like halfway through. Walked out of a burning building alive. Did you guys notice that when they show like a uh, a memory or wherever he's in storage, it goes door by door by door and it's like X, 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 V. And I was like, holy crap, is mutant X born here? Mm. Like, <laughs> I do like the explanation. It's brief, it's quick, and it's enough for me to understand that the mutation of whatever disease they were trying to develop within that is what his mutation created this superhuman version of him. Obviously not invincible, which I also appreciate. The fact that at that last fight scene when they unload on him and he pulls out the the piece of metal that he was using as, you know, mm. somewhat of a bulletproof vest. I like the fact that he, he didn't just rely on the fact that he had some superhuman strength to think, well, I'm invincible. I appreciated that. And I will say, I don't, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. I don't even remember the last time I watched it. I remember, what I do remember is watching it in the theaters because I was still riding the high six, year late, six years later after the original Matrix. And at that time, I thought the Wachowskis could do no wrong. And so I would see anything. And I went and watched this movie and I hated it when I saw it in theaters. And I will say that 16 years later, I appreciate it more now and enjoyed it more this time than I did when I was half, you know, 20, almost 20 years ago. So I completely agree. Like to to what I was saying before, like my (laughs) saying that the film was crap, I really don't mean that because honestly, it was a letdown for me like you from the Matrix. And that's what I remembered. But watching it now, you're right. I do appreciate all these thoughts that I've had since the film. And and honestly, but uh, (laughs) to not rate the film, I can tell you that I wrote down social significance scale on a scale of one to 10 was 10 out of 10. I was like, this film is very significant. Oh, for sure. Yeah, way ahead of its time. You know, 2005, and there's been tumultuous times for government period for a long time. But 
now it's such a crazy thing and it's so at the forefront that it, it's definitely very relevant for the times that we're living in and it was bonkers the, the stuff that you pick up out of it i was just gonna say if you did a meme of this movie with those clips of did the government fabricate the the saint mary's attack and the three waters and you put that out with something with corona and made it look good people would believe that literal thing happening now because there are people that believe that is happening now and that's for me what just blew me away because i had to do a double take i was like well am i living what is happening in this movie currently i would have yeah with uh, also everybody being glued to their tvs and the sort of fake news and also the bad guy uh being this big tv monster kind of like trump you know what i mean where he says a few words and then goes away it's like why don't you do it why don't you do this big speech yourself and he's like no when do you do it <laughs> <laughs> i totally thought that though like there were so many ties, I think, on I think it was very damning for both people, like both sides of the aisle, right? Because V starts uh, when he gets on the monitor and he talks to the people of the UK. He's like, I understand why you did it, right? I understand that you were afraid there was a world war, there was a virus, and then you surrendered those rights because you were scared. And you see a lot of that like going on now, right? Like people are not only surrendering, quote unquote, rights in regards to coronavirus to local government to enforce safety standards. But they're encouraging it. And so I think like the movie is very damning on that topic. Like that's not okay. But on the other side of the coin, it is just as against that like Trump-like computer monitor where you just have this egotistical maniac who turns out to be just this like whimpering buffoon of a crybaby when it really comes down to it, right? So I think that is just so interesting. That's why I think it's so relevant to today is that it speaks to just so many things that are going on. Whatever you believe in, it speaks to a little bit about what you're doing. For sure. Did anybody notice that they used John Hurt, the actor, to play his lookalike just with dyed hair and a dyed beard in that like mock show that they did. Yep. I was like, wow, they didn't even get a just like a look like a funny look alike. They got John Hurt and like just dye your hair. <laughs> yeah, they they had him play himself and then they painted his face different colors for both. Amazing. Oh, wow. Put weird wigs on Amazing. each one. So yeah, it's it's quite interesting the way that they played that. I clearly need to be a little bit more observant sometimes when I watch movies because I didn't notice that. I didn't catch that either. <laughs> You're like, wow, that stunt double looks just like John Hurt, man. A little bit younger. Yep. No, yeah. it's. Uh, I laughed the first time I noticed. I was like, that sounds just like John Hurt. Wait, that sounds just like John Hurt. Holy shit, that's John Hurt just playing his same character. I will say this, though, and I think one of the things that got me when I, when I say that I liked it this time much more than I did when I first saw it, one, it's me, right? I'm an adult now instead of a large child and you've been an adult for a while man i know true <laughs> shut up <laughs> damn me and taking the dig i like it <laughs> mentally i haven't been an adult though <laughs> for oh, very no, we're long. aware of that for sure yeah douche nozzle exactly and sometimes i'm still not an adult but when i watched this i was surprised at how the adult themes hit me a little different than you know they did back when I was in my 20s. And so it was one of those things where, like, for example, when he's talking to Evie and she asks if she can apologize, is it okay? Or not Evie, it was the doctor. He's talking to the yeah. doctor that he's killing that lady. And she says, is it, is, it, is it wrong or is it wrong of me to apologize? And he's like, never. And I was like, that is such a thing that we could learn as a society right now. Like, it's never wrong 
to apologize for something that you did incorrect. What's wrong is, is we overuse the, the words, I'm sorry. We apologize because someone got their feelings hurt over something that we had nothing to do with. We apologize because we read something incorrectly or we worded something wrong. This woman tortured a man, inf- infected him with you know, a disease that created his, changed his life. And in these situations that if we were to wake up as human beings and say, this is something I need to apologize for, and it is never wrong to do so. God, that's a huge thing for me. Like that one really hit me, that line. Do you want to know what, what really resonated with me? The the one line yes. that, that really, that really just, I, I really relate to on a spiritual level is when EB is with that dude who had like the Quran and like the gay porn in his you know little hidden room or whatever uh-huh. and she's like is everything a joke to you and he's like only the things that matter <laughs> yep i wrote that one down too it does sound exactly That's like hilarious. Hilarious. that is my personal mantra <laughs> i love it i wrote that down i was impressed by that particular saying as well yeah that is a good way to live it's a terrible way to live. it is not <laughs> Can we just talk about how messed up it is to basically perform an abduction and a hazing and a torturing and you name whatever else you want to do and just like then say, I did it for your own good. Now you have no fear. To me, I mean, I've just tried to put myself in that situation. I feel like I would have tried to choke him or do something, not just cry and then accept it, but pretty messed up situation. Hey, she said she wanted to live with no fear. Really, she she was asking for it. I don't think that's going to be my response to you, Javier, when you kidnap me and do all that to me and I walk out and I'm like, oh, oh, good. Yeah. No fear, Javier. I love you too, man. Evie is a bigger man than you'll ever be then. So you don't got these nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody else think that um, since he showed her the Count of Monte Cristo, that somehow that was going to play into her getting out of that prison, the fake prison, instead of, I guess, just him opening the door? (laughs) Oh, I, I didn't think about that, actually. She, like, tunnels out with, like, a spoon. That- <laughs> All she does is she just learns about a lesbian story, like a tragic lesbian story while in prison. She doesn't do anything from the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> to get out of a prison, which is what the whole movie was. Well, not the whole movie, but the whole book, uh, story predicated on that. Did he plant a rat in there to just come eat part of her food? Because that was also pretty messed up. I thought the rat, like, looked at the food and said, fuck your food and walked away. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So did. He's like, Man, fuck this dude, dude. And yet she still respected him when it was all said and done. Hey, terrible. <laughs> um, one big question I had was what time period is this film? Because they show clips of like Iraq war and this and that, but the staging looks very 1800s England, but they have modern technology. Like, for example, in his layer it's like all antiques and then he has like a dave and buster's jukebox with classical music mm-hmm. I was like that's odd so it's a it's a dystopian future and i can't remember the exact date but at the time it was written it was probably built to represent the times like a time frame like kind of what we're in now i would have to do a little more research about the the graphic novel to figure it out um but that was one of the things it is very and one of the things that they don't talk about they mention the war in the united states but during the graphic novel that war is a second civil war that's broken out. And so the United States is basically caved at this point. They're so wrapped up in their war. And then in the comics, from what I read, that war is engulfed, much like the original Civil War, a lot of the rest of the world, which is how Britain originally got pulled into 
they talk about the war throughout this film. There's a portion where the UK got pulled into one side or the other of the Civil War, and then they pull back out with this change that happens with the the three river or the three waters and uh, St. Mary's and all of that. They use that war to then drop this plague that then allows them to pull away from the war and start their own, whatever you want to call that, society. The, the, the very, very fascist supremacists all of those it makes sense in the uk because they're like an island that they can be blocked off from the rest of the world i guess yeah it would be relatively easy to back away from that the other thing that it's funny so they when i talked about the indesirables in the intro like i said so it's any political opponents immigrants jews muslims atheists homosexuals and and they call them undesirables they exterminate them like they're executed in concentration camps. The Irish are not exterminated, but they're considered inferior compared to people of Nordic and British descent. What am I, like a slave to them or something? Well, they bring that up in the movie, right? The inspector's like, oh, your mom was Irish, wasn't she? Yeah. Those poor Irish, dude, they can never catch. Even in the United States, we treated Irish people <laughs> like pieces of shit. Like, poor guys. <laughs> Yes, we did. Hey, I'm Scottish and Irish, so I'd be the oh, guy that they were saying my mama was Irish. <laughs> Come on, dude. You don't think my alcoholism was unnatural. Javier, <laughs> I couldn't help but think when I was watching this with the, the guy that was the voice of Britain, just, just seeing you just be in front of a television and just spewing strong words of opinion. I feel like that's your calling. I would be really good at propaganda. Oh yeah. I feel like yeah. I've got I've got the right mindset for propaganda for sure. You're just watching yourself in the shower saying the same words that you just said on television and yeah, sounding see, like a boss. Honestly, if I had three <laughs> big ass TVs around my my shower, that is not beyond question just watching myself on TV. <laughs> all the time who wouldn't so many tvs so many tvs in this movie i love i love that scene because he's watching the part where he's like man i wish i was there because if i was there when they took down v i would have just fucked that guy up and he turns off the tv and v's standing right behind him (laughs) and he just falls to the ground and starts cowering i'm like i love this movie man this is so great you know there are some things that i didn't enjoy and i'll go back to what jay was talking about and that is i get that it was meant to be a little cartoonish but like the fact that the blood whenever they he cut a throat it looked like paint pouring out of their neck i was like okay that bothers the shit out of me the second one is when he comes out of the building and he's all burnt to shit and he raises his arms i get the raising but the scream i didn't need the scream i would have been more intimidated by this dude just staring at the doctor and not screaming then the whole scream thing the scream just took me out of the scene which bothered me and then the third one was some of the slow-mo shit really bothered me like for example the one that got me the most was when he sends in evie as like the the weird child porn girl for the priest and he jumps onto the roof kind of thing i was like it would have just been cooler if you seen him like walking on the roof like slow-mo just like a normal human being but he's got to jump in slow-mo come the fuck on that's pretty sure he would have fallen off the roof but yeah i thought that was awesome i was like what a cool jump what a cool guy on the way he lands i'm like you'd have pulled some shit like i don't care how superhuman you are the way he lands with one leg straight out and the other almost buckled underneath him i'm like your groin muscle is trashed (laughs) yeah those are my big 
big issue. If those are the three things that you don't like about this movie, that is so like small. Like good for them. Well, okay, what about all the? We do know fireworks don't blow up buildings, right? We understand this as people. Well, they, they explain that in the movie too. Yeah, I remember they, there was like a show on top of. I think it was like a show on top of a demolition, right? Yeah. All right, that explains that. <laughs> Because they explain in that little meeting with the big TV, like that the explosives were like common explosive materials and stuff. So like it was actual explosive material. But then I think he put some fireworks in there, too, because he's got a flair for the dramatics. You know, I thought it was just the demolition team that no one knew about the fireworks that they put in there. Love what they tried. I love actually. (laughs) That's one thing I really like the the spin that BTN tried to put on all the things that happened. You're like, it wasn't BTN. Their job wasn't to fabricate the news that's the government's job oh yeah okay good direct quote but btn is the government and in the eyes of (laughs) of this movie but i love those parts because it made me laugh to just see what they would say about what we knew actually happened and it gets you thinking about well what do i see in the news and what actually happens and always makes me wish i could pull behind the curtains and know what was real and wasn't real and i'm just an ordinary citizen and i'm also irish so i I guess i've got a lot not going for me so you want to keep that curtain real closed man just keep real tight closed (laughs) you know it's funny that you say that because one of my biggest problems with media today is that it's a profit center like i don't think and i i go back to i've said this a million times casey and i watched this movie bombshell which is very crazy movie and then we watched another one about then some a news organization breaking some news. So there's a bunch of movies out there about the media. And there was a time when media outlets were not allowed to be profit centers. They they could not make money. That way it kept them from doing things in order to make money. And now every newspaper, every news station, every everything that makes that provides us news almost is a profit center. And I don't give a shit who you are, if someone's willing to pay you more money to say something one way instead of another, you're almost always going to take it. Now that doesn't, I'm not maligning or saying shitty thing about individual journalists, because I feel like there are great journalists out there, but as companies, huge news organizations, those CEOs, those chairmen, those board members are always going to do what's going to make more money because that's the world that we live in. That's our country. It's very capitalist, almost to the point of being an oligarchy. So to me, that's the biggest problem with our media and why what Madsen says really hits me hard because I go, I see this and I go, who knows what our media is being told and edited into showing and sharing with us because of the fact that they're getting paid by the view, by ratings, by all of that stuff, as opposed to providing correct news all the time, because that's the right thing to do is to keep us informed. It's That's terrifying to me. Good point. That's a terrifying part of this movie for me as an adult. 15 years ago, I didn't give a shit, so (laughs) I didn't like it. I thought one of the coolest parts was after V sends out masks and capes to everyone, which logistically speaking, how wild is that, dude? But anyway, he sends out to everyone. That's a lot of packaging for one person. It's so much packaging. Did he do it by hand individually? He also did the dominoes. Don't forget the perfectly timed dominoes (laughs) with the the copyrighted V symbol to align with everything going on. He's got a I, uh, lot of time in his hands. That's what I said to Nicole. My wife was watching it with me. I was like, for a revolutionist, this guy has a lot of time on his hands. Do you imagine after 
wrap every box with that boxing tape and write the labels on it. Fuck that. I'm That's what I'm saying. It's like hundreds and thousands of boxes. Anyway, so they march on the uh, parliament building, right? And these people are just walking towards it. And the military's there guarding it, like legitimately ready to just mow people down. And they are not getting any commands. The chain of command has been broken because V's killed everyone. The commander on site just kind of freezes up. And so one of the dudes just tells everyone to stand down, which first of all, given our current climate, that is a great response by a police force. If you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Like I think that is great rather than just start open firing on citizens. Anyway, the other part of that is when those people get to those barricades, they just hop right over. Like every person in that crowd was ready to die that night. How? Let that sink in for a second. Like that is, they did not flinch. They did not hesitate. They didn't stop. They just were going to keep walking whether they were shot at or not. How crazy is that? Yeah, not not believable to me. That's probably one of the reasons I don't like, one of the reasons I don't like this movie. And they didn't even do anything to the soldiers. They're just like, oh, you you can keep standing there because we've all seen a lot of pro- It wasn't to do anything to the soldiers. And I think it's only not believable is because we've never seen anything like that it's not but that's not gonna happen ever but it has happened there are it's not gonna happen in our country yeah it's just not it happened in egypt guys uh the arab spring they actually wore the anonymous mask or the v for vendetta mask and they actually would say quotes from the movie to inspire each other to continue protesting in the face of military and that's kind of what started anonymous and it's not just that it's the idea of and they explain this in the movie the idea of liberty being more valuable than your life and that's literally how the our own country started i think the only reason why it's not believable is because like the riots that we see now i don't think anyone is willing to die for what they believe in so if you had a group of Mm -hmm. people rioting right now who are willing to die for what they believe in it would be a lot more believable to all of us that that something like that could happen and that's why i don't really think these protests or riots are going to change much because no one's invested enough in the movement to lay down their life for it. Well, I, I can't. All right, well said. Yeah, nothing to say to that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are. I uh, I was in the D.C. protests, but again, it was like a lot of noise. But back to uh, social significance, November 5th and then this November's elections, like you did pick a very timely piece. <laughs> it's true. I didn't even think about that portion of it. Yeah, it was like uh, I think November 5th was the date of the big parliament explosion. Was, oh, yeah. I remember hearing a lot about that. Yeah, the fit, I mean, that poem that he recites, the Remember, Remember the 5th of November, is actually a famous British thing because of the original Guy Fawkes. Everything that they show in that introduction where he's trying to blow up Parliament and they capture him underneath and, and end up hanging him, that really happened. That's historical. And so the reason that they say that, you know, that poem has famous and is very significant because of what it stands for, right? When your government gets out of control and is not for the people, it's the people's responsibility to take control and lead the government where it should go. Because at the end of the day, it's like V says, people should never be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of the people. Because at the end of the day, we, in theory, are the people who should control government. It shouldn't be the government that controls the people. That's just, that's how our country was founded. That's how democracy and republic. Greatest quote in the whole It is a great quote. Amazing. It is a great quote. Either that or the one thing is true of all governments, the most reliable records are tax records. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I heard that. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) That was like the 
one funny one-liner I was able to get out of that movie. <laughs> one thing we haven't touched on this movie that I really like, and this is where the movie came back into play for me. I have like a focus playlist when I'm trying to like do stuff for work or when I used to be in school, and I forgot where the song came from, but it's from this movie. It's the main theme song that has played a, a couple crucial points. Um, this movie with kind of like that that quiet, slow guitar, and then it keeps building up, and then it, it, to the end, we, we heard it a couple of times throughout this movie. I really like the the main theme song from this movie because it was played at various important parts of the movie. I just liked the the song a lot. It resonated with me and I think it will continue to live with me because that's actually what I've I've listened to that song many times, even though I haven't seen this movie that much. Ian, I really want to hear from you. <laughs> I don't know if I want to speak. I really want you to speak. Okay. My favorite part of the movie was... Uh... When he had that huge, huge, long introduction of all the V words, because whoever came up with that, and I wonder if they just opened the dictionary to the V's and like just picked words and threw them in. Man, that opening monologue. Gosh, that's so great. Yeah, that V alliteration was pretty amazing. And I'm pretty sure, Ian, to answer your question, I think that came directly out of the comic. Oh, really? Now, someone would have had to have put that together to write, but that's the kind of shit that Alan Moore does. That guy can write some serious comic books. And so he does that kind of tongue-in-cheek, funny, yet very dark and heavy and educated. So I really like that part, too. Besides the likes, because also I, I remember this movie kind of being like a, a test of CGI, which like I remember all the Blu-ray ads had V for Vendetta, the last scene, basically. But besides that, did you guys notice any like Wachowski-isms in this film that like spoke out to you? Because really, I didn't. I mean, besides like the writing and like the, the anti-religious or that kind of like uh, sentiment. Uh, and the revolution sentiment. But besides that, it seemed like the director pretty much had a handle on it. Yeah, I think he kept control of them very well because I, I didn't even see, I think there was only, only the final fight scene was there even a lot of like, what you call in from the matrix, the bullet time usage. And of course the fact that they just wrote the screenplay, I think helped a lot because he really, the director was able to keep, you know, his vision alive as opposed to letting Wachowski get too involved in, you know, the visuals and whatnot. But I, I agree with you, Jay. I don't think there was as much as I expected. I think that might've been one of the other reasons when I watched this the first time I was kind of disappointed because at the time that late 90s early to early to mid 2000s that's what it was all about was that kowski style of of filmmaking the slow-mo the extreme digital effects and and all that stuff where they were i mean they revolutionized that part of the industry pretty well in the matrix so but i didn't see a lot of it i thought it was a pretty cut and dry story and from what i've read they stuck to the comic pretty well yeah that's what i noticed i did actually look up the comic to see if he had like storyboards and he stayed pretty true to it it looked like yeah it was impressive all right, so I got one more line here that I really found impressive, and then we'll we'll rate. He used to say that uh, this was really impressive. So Evie was talking to him about her parents, and she's talking about her dad. And he said he used to say that artists use lies to tell the truth, politicians use them to cover the truth up. So I, I found that a very poignant quote. I wrote that down as well, actually. Yeah, that was a really good one, especially coming from an artistic place. I I really like when you think about movies. A lot of times, and I've I've railed on it before about trying to teach me a lesson, but I really enjoy movies that do it well tell a, an incorrect story or false story or you know a made-up story to show the truth of a certain point or idea which this movie i think as an adult did very well we're ready to rate this thing let's do it let's do it all right 
Jay, I know you've listened to us before, but just a reminder, what we do is a, a zero to five scale, zero being hot garbage, five being in Javier's mind, Jurassic Park. And so from, <laughs> from there, you know, anywhere in between at the half points. So 0.5 from zero to all the way up to five at 0.5. Um, I'll start with this one. I did enjoy this movie a lot more than I thought because I remembered not liking it years ago. So I was very impressed with the point of the movie, the fact that they didn't shy away from some really extreme views and some things that, you know, unfortunately we're starting to see throughout the world and have been around probably a lot longer than I want to admit. But I love that they went right at them head on. They made some great points. They talked about revolution. They talked about governments and how those are, you know, it should be the power of the people that controls those governments in reality. A lot of time, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So we let that fall in. I enjoyed the visuals most of the time. There was a couple of those handful of things that I didn't love. The blood seemed very cartoonish to me, which annoyed me in most cases. Some of the slow-mo really just took me out of the scene and then some very dramatic things pulled me out of scenes as well that I think could have been done better. But they're very small things in comparison to other movies that we've watched. I loved the acting. Hugo Weaving is a boss. That guy is an amazing actor. When you can create the amount of emotion and believability that he does without ever seeing his face in anything, and it's all just done through voice. You can't see any kind of inflection or or facial inflection or any kind of emotion, but you still feel it. That's that is acting. And everyone knows how I feel about Natalie Portman. I think she's amazing, with the exception of a couple of bad movie choices. So overall, I'm gonna give this movie a four. Thoroughly enjoyed it. A couple of things I would have I liked to have seen differently, but other than that really 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 liked it ian why don't you go next you bet so one thing i really liked about this movie javier mentioned is it brings up a lot of questions gets you thinking about something deeper than just being entertained by you know slicing knives and a guy running around in a mask i thoroughly enjoyed uh watching hugo weaving as well that was probably my favorite part because he brings such a character to uh to v but yeah overall i'd give it a 3.5 and I'll probably watch this one again. I might give it a little bit of time before I watch it again, but definitely worth rewatching. Jay, why don't you jump in and give us your rating? Well, actually, uh, Javier, you would be good at propaganda because honestly, my rating has changed since this dis- this discussion. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a two, but now I'm almost at a four. If I give you like a 3.75, I would. But honestly, a four feels okay because it. you're right. Like it does... It had I had so many questions after watching this movie that didn't have to do with the movie itself. And I really love that, actually. Mattson. Yeah. So I, I maybe don't feel as strongly about like when I watch the movie. But what I love about good movies, it's to the point of what Jay just talked about. I love movies that make me think. I like movies that give me a lot to talk about afterwards about what they portray. And I have to be give this movie a lot of credit. In today's day and age, there is... T- too much to talk about from this movie. If if Jay and I and Javier had seen this movie together and we went out for a bite to eat afterwards, confident we would be talking about a lot of things. And for me, with movies, I, that I always go back to to my dad. That's what I did. I'd go watch a movie and then go eat with my dad and talk about the movie. And some of my favorite movies like Interstellar, Inception, The Dark Knight do those things. And I got to be honest, this movie has a lot of that. I didn't remember that about this movie. I was also a lot younger when I watched this movie. So those things, as we kind of reiterated, didn't resonate until I'm now older. And so because of that, I'm going to give this movie a solid four because what I do value in a good movie 
movie this movie portrays did at times this movie felt a tad bit a little a little slow for me and was it a little bit cartoonish certainly but if you can overlook those things while they are small this is a good movie a movie worth watching especially in today's day and age and it is a movie that i would find myself most likely watching again i, I enjoyed it javier bring us home buddy okay i really like this movie and in fact it reminded me a lot of jojo rabbit where you can have like this really good just movie if you don't really want to take anything from it at face value it is just a good fun movie but if you want to take it a step further it touches on a lot of really deep themes you know um so both of those movies i really enjoyed and i'm the opposite of madsen i do not like movies that make me think so <laughs> if you guys remember i like ridiculous out of control spy movies so yep. he's our cinematic water skeeter and i love it it's Exactly. But I love this movie because it not only has a lot of things I agree with, but it also it makes me call into question things that I believe, right? whether those things are true and whether I should believe those. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give this a I'm going to give this a four and a half. Because I do agree with some points you guys have made where the the blood could probably be improved. Granted, it was 2005, right? Like, <laughs> what can I expect? But there were some things that probably could have been improved. And if it was made today, would look a lot better. So I'm going to give it a four and a half, deducting some points for that. But other than that, awesome movie at face value. Even better movie if you want to question your relationship with the government and your fellow citizens. And it's just amazing, guys. It is such a cool movie. I would recommend everybody rewatch it, honestly. I think that would be a great idea right now. Oh, me too. Yeah, I think, Jay, you're on point. I, I was just going to say, look, if you if it's been a while since you've seen this movie or you haven't ever seen it, you should really go watch this movie. I think it's just so relevant to where we're at in society right now across the world that I, I think there's a lot of great things to to start making people think. And and I don't condone you know a lot of the things that happen in this movie, but I also can, can do condone a lot of the thought processes behind it. And so I think... That kind of thinking is very important and, and being realized that we can think. We don't just have to listen and obey in all these different areas and that we can start to think about, you know, how can we make change, right? Because change is needed, obviously. So great points, guys. Jay, again, thanks for joining us, man. We've loved yeah, having Jay. you. You've brought some thanks, great things Jay. to the, to the so table. Thank you much, guys. Pleasure. Hope to have, come on again sometime. Definitely. All right. That's the verdict. Matson, why don't you tell them where you can find, they can find us? Yeah, you can find us where all good podcasts are found. Just search us at What's Our Verdict Movies. Don't forget about What's Our Verdict TV. We're currently recording Season 1 of The Boys. Uh, so come and listen to that. It's going to be released here shortly in preparation for Season 2, which we are stoked about. Social media-wise, find us on all major social channels, especially Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. And we also have our YouTube channel. So if you want to catch us there and give us a listen, please do so. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Get excited for all those movies coming out and come interact with us. Jay, what's your? we were just talking about Twitter. What's your Twitter feed just in case people want to check you out and see what you're all about, man? Oh, uh, it's Hardy J's. So H-A-R-D-Y-J-A-Y-Z, which actually is because I grew up watching WWF, a Hardy Boys, Jeff Hardy fan. And so ever since I was 13, all my handles on PlayStation, whatever, Hardy J's. Yeah, so go check out Jay. Uh, again, we've appreciated you being on the podcast. Matson, thanks for sharing where they can find us. Go check us out. Check out the website. Give us recommendations, feedback. We love to hear it. And yeah, that's the verdict. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.